Welcome to Ayurvedic Healing and Beyond podcast. My name is Vignesh Devraj, an Ayurvedic doctor and holistic health coach. Each week we share wisdom or interview an inspiring personality to guide you become your healthiest self. Remember, your health is your greatest asset. If you are interested in doing one-on-one online Ayurvedic consultation with me, please find the details in the show notes of this podcast or do visit www.vigneshdevraj.com A very warm welcome to all of you to Ayurvedic Healing and Beyond podcast and this is your host Dr. Vignesh Devraj and today I have Dr. Vaishali Shukla an Ayurvedic doctor who has done her post graduation and MD in Panchakarma and she is the founder of Veda Amrit and she specializes in helping women get rid of painful menstruation also called as dysmenorrhea She also helps them to improve the skin health, gut health and also advises on improved lifestyle. So Dr. Vaishali Shukla, thank you so much for being part of this podcast. So much looking forward to have your wisdom share with our audience. Thank you so much doctor. Thank you for having me. So Dr. Vaishali, so you speak a lot about dysmenorrhea also known as painful menstruation. and today we see that this is considered to be something normal that if you're having painful menstruation it's okay to have and i have patients coming up and telling to me oh you are a man you're so lucky you don't have to deal with this every month i wish i was a man i mean i hear a lot of this but i can only imagine because i don't know what what is actually going it's a theoretical imagination that i can go through so how do we go about it what is dysmenorrhea why is it happening what can be changed what awareness should we bring in and what should women know some women feel that it is genetics they have to live with it there is no other way other than taking anti spasmodics or they they keep taking mephtal spa along with the lipstick in their bags right. that's how we see so let's start with what is dysmenorrhea okay doctor so when we think of dysmenorrhea it's something which is you know so much normalized nowadays and it's not only the patient who has normalized it not only the woman who is suffering from dysmenorrhea it's also the gynecologists nowadays have normalized it so uh, when we talk of dysmenorrhea it's a particular word if you break dysmenorrhea into three parts dys means painful meno means monthly and uh, rhea means flow so a painful this monthly this means painful Yeah, uh, and meno. This meno. Meno means yeah. This means painful. Meno means monthly. Andrea means flow. So it's called as you know it's something that is painful menstrual flow or pains painful monthly flow is called as dysmenorrhea. So okay. when you think of dysmenorrhea, you know uh, we have normalized as I told you we have normalized it so much nowadays. So what how a person can know that their person is suffering from dysmenorrhea? So dysmenorrhea. is something if you you're having painful period cycle every month and the pain is to the extent where you're not able to perform your daily routine or the pain is so severe that you have to be bedridden or mm. you have to uh, you know you have to be absent from your school or college or from your work you have to take a leave or you know you have to pop on the pills every uh, you know every month if the pain is uh, you know happening to that extent that means you have a problem in your period cycle so mild to moderate pain if that is happening that's completely normal so if you think of uterus it's you know it's a canal basically it, it has its own linings and the endometrial lining which is the innermost lining is shedding out uh, in the uh, period the vaginal canal is a little you know it's narrower than the uterus 
so uterus basically is that is why you know making uh, the contraction so that the endometrial lining can shed off and for that reason mild to moderate pain is completely normal but as i just mentioned if the pain is to the extent where you it's hampering your daily routine or it's hampering your you know usual tasks which you would do very easily otherwise that means you have a problem with the period when you when a person you know visits to a gynec uh, for the period pain they would usually give them uh, you know non steroidal anti inflammatory drugs which we are very well aware you know methylspaz is something which is commonly available and they would you know take pills i have also seen uh, people not getting benefited even after taking the pills hmm. and you know taking uh, even after you mean take, the painkiller when you say the pill you mean the, the painkiller pill yeah i mean the painkiller even after taking the painkiller they have not uh, felt better but they would still take it because the doctor has given it to them and they would you know spend years taking the uh, painkiller and they would still not work on the other factors and they would still not think of it as a disorder and it being not normal and for that reason i thought it's very important to uh, you know talk about dysmenorrhea and it's very important to talk about period pain because it's something which is you know which has been actually uh, you know inadequately treated Mm-hmm. and been neglected uh, over the past few uh, decades so that is mm-hmm. why i thought it's important to talk about it also when we think of period generally the females would think of it only about the bleeding phase mm-hmm. where the you know the bleeding is happening uh, say for 3 to 5 to 7 days whatever but they don't think of their period as the other three phases of the period cycle which is happening before that right or right after the period phase the hormonal imbalances or hormonal changes basically that are happening during that period of time they just think of their period as the bleeding phase hmm. so it's important and that is where the you know the part of diet and lifestyle and everything comes in because you also have to think of your period as the other three cycles of uh, period which is happening hmm. before the me- uh, bleeding phase so that is what i do generally so when i think of dysmenorrhea or when i treat a patient who is suffering from dysmenorrhea i actually tell them that these are the other phases of your period cycle your period cycle basically is divided into four phases and bleeding phase is just one of those one of so that is uh, yeah that is how i make them aware of so this is uh, how i started with the you know treating dysmenorrhea or working on dysmenorrhea so why is is this genetic is this something under their control can they change with their lifestyle what is under mm-hmm. the control to get out of it other than taking a painkiller or an antispasmodic yeah so there are multiple things that can be done if they want to get rid of the pain first of all the first thing that needs to be done is to understand the cause then uh, the second thing that needs to be done is to understand uh, the type that they are having and then they can work on then they can do the interventions and act upon it when we think of the cause there can be multiple causes there can be uh, you know there can be a genetic factor also i have seen females who who are uh, who've had dysmenorrhea and then their fe- uh, female daughters also have had dysmenorrhea so that is also one of the causes then uh, you know other causes can be hormonal imbalances happening or there can be uh, you know pid which we mm. call this pelvic inflammatory disorders and there can be uh, you know also we know that the ovulation the proper ovulatory cycle happens after 2 years or it takes 2 years for a particular menstrual cycle to 
develop into a proper ovulatory cycle so understanding how the menarche has happened what has been the lifestyle before menarche and after menarche whether there has been you know environmental changes where a person has moved out uh, of a place to study or whatsoever whether there has been nutritional deficiency so we think of this manner if we think of the ayurvedic perspective the vata is the main uh, dosha culprit. which is involved yeah so that's the main culprit and uh, vata again is also responsible for degeneration or depletion so if there is you know nutritional deficiencies that can also be one of the causes uh, so you know these factors is something that needs to be uh, you know given a thought on then talking about the types of dysmenorrhea it can be either primary or secondary the primary dysmenorrhea where there is no underlying pathology uh, inside the uterus or the ovaries or the reproductive uh, uh, organ so they can be uh, you know if we think of the secondary pathologies they can be pcos there can be uh, endometriosis adenomyosis fibroids and again which i've mentioned pid there can be multiple things involved so understanding that whether it's primary dysmenorrhea or secondary dysmenorrhea can give a whole lot of picture can make you know things clear in front of us whether uh, how we need to treat it and uh, uh, thinking of the diet and lifestyle and herbs that are helpful yes diet play a very important role as i told you if you know it's something which has happened because of the depletion or deficiencies we can work on that with the help of diet then uh, lifestyle also plays a very important role like ayurveda mentions following dincharya so where you are in alignment with your biological clock and the rhythm and that also plays a very important role so nowadays we see that female like anyone the the generation you know they wakes up till late at night which is also mm. one of the factors that can aggravate vata there can be a lot of indulgence in the you know outside food and a lot of practices that can uh, rather aggravate vata or imbalance the doshas in our body so that can be understood understanding an individual's you know daily patterns lifestyle what are their uh, you know uh, diet and how, which background they come from there are you know socio economic backgrounds also that play a very important role in dysmenorrhea because i've seen females who have had issues with you know a trauma an emotional mm-hmm. trauma in the past and then the dysmenorrhea uh, developed so that can also be one of the causes a person who can, who comes from a poor socio economic uh, region has a lot of deficiencies and that can also be one of the aggravating factors so yes all these things play a very important role in understanding the cause and then working on that uh, uh, on the other hand lifestyle again also plays important role where we want to work on the pelvic floor so we want to strengthen the pelvic floor so that the pain threshold of a particular uh, individual improves and then they are able to tolerate the pain in a much better way so yeah that is how we can uh, think of it and work on it okay let me sum up because that was a lot of information <laughs> so one is yeah. uh, deficiency if there is any micronutrients that are deficient in the body yeah. and then one you spoke about is a lifestyle if they are staying very late at night things like that and then poor yeah. diet this also definitely comes into that and then you spoke about emotional trauma fantastic that you i'm really happy that you mentioned about we will go back to that as well i think we need a separate yeah. podcast just for talking about how right. emotional trauma is affecting but we'll just briefly touch through that so yeah. what could be the nutritional deficiency that can happen and how can they supplement it or change with mm-hmm. their diet or any ayurvedic medications that you recommend 
Okay, so when we talk of deficiencies, there can be, uh, you know, deficiencies, calcium deficiency, there can be magnesium deficiency, there can be B12 deficiency, vitamin D deficiencies, B12 and vitamin D is something which is, you know, universally a lot of people are deficient to that. Mm -hmm. So all these deficiencies can play a major role because we know magnesium is very crucial when, it, when we think of muscle functioning. Mm -hmm. And it's the myometrium, which is the second lining of the uterus, which is making the contractions right during the period. And it's important to work on that as well. So, you know, certain diet factors like banana, something which is very rich in magnesium, then we can work on, you know, I'm just talking about the dietary part here. So banana is something that can be incorporated. Then we can incorporate black raisins, which is again, very rich in antioxidants. We can incorporate, you know, handful of pistachios or cashews. They again help with the macronutrient deficiencies, almonds, walnuts. They're very rich in omega-3, omega-6. They help very well. Uh, when dealing with the uh, nutrient deficiency. So these are particular points that needs to be worked upon. Then talking about lifestyle, there are certain yoga asanas that can be incorporated, right? So I generally incorporate, uh, you know, I ask them to do 10 Surya Namaskar on a regular basis. So that is something which is a mandate for them. And along with that, I ask them to do either squats. And if there, if a particular individual has issues with the lower back, then I ask them to do malasana, which is also one of the yoga. So that helps their pelvic floor to be a little, you know, stronger and the pain threshold. Just to get clarify, malasana is something very similar to our potty squatting. Right. Because it exactly. really strengthens the pelvic floor. Right. So I, these are two things that I ask them to do on a mandatory basis. And when we talk of herbs and herbal preparations, so we basically have to work on Vata and Uloma. So if, if you think of the Ayurvedic perspective, so we work, uh, there are, you know, certain preparations like the Saptasaram Kashayam, the Shmul is one thing, then uh, there's Gandharva Hastadi Kashayam. So all these things play a very important role in the uh, proper flow of Vata and they, that can help with the uh, pain as well. Then the Panchakarma therapy is also that helps. There is Matra Vasti, there is Uttar Vasti, then all these things can also be uh, play a very important role in uh, dysmenorrhea or painful period. But if we think of a person who's remote, the person cannot come to us for the particular therapy, then these Kashayams, as I just mentioned, they help uh, very well with the dysmenorrhea. Fantastic. If it's, it's, it's a primary dysmenorrhea, doctor, if, if it's primary, then the herbal preparations also does not need to be given. But because primary, yeah, just the correction in diet and lifestyle and, you know, daily routine coming in alignment with their biological clock, just that much is uh, beneficial. But if there is secondary dysmenorrhea where there are certain pathologies, then the herbs, herbal intervention is uh, necessary there. Yes. Once again, can you differentiate the primary and secondary dysmenorrhea if it's possible? Definitely. So, uh, see, the, for a layman to understand whether it's primary or secondary, they would not understand whether is you know they would they would want to do certain tests, and obviously they would want to know only after the test that they have secondary. But then uh, there are certain things that can be kept you know on notice. Number one is if the pain is something that starts with the uh, with the period, and then gets better as the proper flow has started, then that is primary. But okay. if the pain starts even before the period. And that is associated with nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, social withdrawal, or associated with appetite disturbances or emotional disturbances. And the pain also starts and then the pain also persists till the end of the menstrual cycle. That sounds like so a that complete can, lockdown. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that can be, uh, you know, considered a secondary dysmenorrhea. Here, the primary dysmenorrhea gets, you know, it's the stable one. 
Hmm. Every cycle, you would get the pain for let's say twelve to twenty-four to seventy hours, and it's something which is which is going to go just as that. But if it's secondary dysmenorrhea, the pain is going to worsen every cycle. It can hmm. be progressive, so that is also something that needs to be understood. So you know, it's very saddening for all of us to you know to know that the. Uh, the you know diagnostics of endometriosis itself takes six to seven years, because till that time a person is just thinking of it as period pain, mm-hmm. and it is also uh, again very important to understand dysmenorrhea because a person who has you know dys dysmenorrhea in the past is also more prone to get endometriosis in later mm-hmm. stage of their life, and there are, there are n number of examples. A lot of celebrities have also got them. So that is uh, again something that needs to be understood. So yeah, I, I was talking about the primary and the secondary dysmenorrhea. I got a little off track. So yeah, this is how you understand if the pain is progressive, you know, it can be secondary, and if it persists along with other secondary symptoms, then it can be uh, thought of as the secondary dysmenorrhea. Fantastic. Uh, that's such a simple uh, layman's explanation that you did. So this makes a lot of sense. So, uh, in your practice, do you see more secondary today or mostly? Pri- I think in primary uh, patients don't really approach because they get by right. with the mastalspa or a hot water bag on their abdomen. But it's usually right. in the secondary, and then when it is getting closer to something like endometriosis, that's when they okay, they go to a lot right. of doctors. It is not working, and let's try Ayurveda. <laughs> that's how right. it is. <laughs> that's that's completely true. Mm-hmm. So that is uh, again. So we see more of secondary dysmenorrhea nowadays. Primary something which you know is usually neglected and usually taken care of either with uh, the the you know uh, the tablets, the painkillers, and stuff like that. And also, it's very important that we understand that uh, you know uh, when we think of dysmenorrhea, when a person would approach uh, a gynecologist, they would tell them that this is going to get better after you deliver a baby or after you get married. So although it's uh, it's right that after uh, you know sexual intercourse or after delivering a baby the pain can get better, but uh, it's important that we understand that we don't know when the person is planning to get married. Mm-hmm. You know, earlier a person would get married maybe in the early twenties. Now that's, that's like not a doctor's prescription is get married. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So we don't know when the person is planning to get married. So mm-hmm. ultimately, what you're saying then is to bear the period, uh, period pain till the time you're getting married, mm-hmm. which is which is actually which does not, not a practical actually make concept, sense. Yes. Yeah, right. And also, when we think of dysmenorrhea, we you know. we might have plans of uh, you know getting married maybe after 5 years 6 years and Depending maybe we'll plan many things yeah yes. right maybe we will plan having a baby after 4 5 years but your body is biologically preparing itself biologically preparing itself every month to hmm. for a baby right that is why the period is happening so your body, your uterus wants to have a baby it's not getting the baby the period is you know coming right so for that reason you know having a body or having a reproductive health or a period health which is uh, which is you know good which is healthy which is not making you sick every month which is not making you be absent from your work or abstain from your daily activities every month has to be taken care of so you your period has to be good every month that is what we need to understand fantastic and doctor what is it with the lifestyle that you see Uh, and i'm sure you know mostly when they are diagnosed with endometriosis or polycystic ovarian syndrome or mm-hmm. you know associated with constipation that's when they approach with this and one of the symptoms is painful menstruation and then we go deeper in my practice i see most of them come with late night sleeping or going right. to sleep at 1 o'clock 
I don't think I I, get, I will ever be able to go to sleep by 10 o'clock. Yeah. That's like impossible for me. I mean, this is one thing that I see in common. In your practice, mm-hmm. what do you see is the lifestyle and how do you help them to, you know, get mm-hmm. into healthy lifestyle? So one of the major uh, thing which you just mentioned is, again, uh, you know, waking up till late at night. There can be other factors as, you know, chronically poor, uh, like poor gut health or, or mm-hmm. compromised gut health is also something that I've seen. And there can also be, you know, frequent traveling that can also be uh, associated in this vata aggravation. So that can also be associated. Frequent stress, you know, constant stress, constant fear is also something that uh, uh, that can mm-hmm. be, yeah, anxiety is something that can be present. So all these factors when it comes to lifestyle. So uh, these are something that I've seen very commonly. And for that reason, you know, it's very important that uh, we take care of our daily lifestyle on a daily basis. So that is what I tell them. Mm. Then, uh, you know, I talk so because, you know, people are not very ready to change their lifestyle. And they, they would say, you know, you can give me medicine. I'll try medicine first and I'll see how that acts. But, uh, you know, talking about any disorder, it's important we take multidimensional approach. If you want to of get course. fine soon, we have to take multidimensional approach. So we have to work on the herbs as well, the diet as well, the lifestyle as well. So that is what I tell them. That this particular lifestyle is promoting your pathology. And you have to understand that until unless you don't work on this, you have you you will have to you know you will not get a permanent cause because medicines is something which are going to start stop at uh, one point of time you won't be taking the herbs lifetime but exactly. you are going to be eating your food lifetime and you are going to be following a certain pattern when it comes to lifestyle uh, you know throughout your life mm-hmm. so working on that is also going to be a very important factor that's so true you know the saying you're taking medicine to stop taking medicine you can't expect right. to live with that for the rest of the life exactly right and then when you speak about uh, you know you spoke about emotional trauma that can also influence that any thoughts and experiences that you can share with your case studies especially on that yes so i'll share a case study with you so i have i've seen a girl who's i think 24 25 years of age and uh, her period pain was very progressive so uh, you know, she developed period pain after, say, five years of menarche. Menarche is the time when she got a period for the first time for the layman to understand. So she got her period maybe, say, by 30. And then for the five years after that, her period was completely fine. So it was mild to moderate pain. She was doing everything fine. Later, she got, you know, uh, a particular in- incident. Like she had this particular incident where she suffered death of her father. So, you know, that brought a lot of pressure on her family because he was the only earning member in their home. So there was a lot of financial uh, cracks and there were a lot of, you know, emotional disturbances and that went off for two to three years. And for those two to three years, she was in constant stress. Like when her whole family was in constant stress and then uh, within that three years, her, you know, uh, period pain started to get worse. So, yes, again, so this is, you know, we also think of it as, you know, the depletion of ojos is also happening along with the other tissues. Mm-hmm. And that can also be one of the factors, which is, you know, decreasing your pain threshold, which is also causing other deficiencies and everything. So during these three years, when she was constantly under stress, she was, you know, constantly crying or very vulnerable to any other thing. She was not able to focus in her studies because that was the time she, see, she must be 18 or 19 at that point of time, right? When she got this. And that is the time where you are in the 11th or 12th standard and then you're building your career. So that was, that was the time when her other friends were doing fine. And then she was, you know, backdrop. 
so everything was you know for her everything was miserable at that point of time and that is when her period pain started to get worse and that is also something that she uh, she approached me when she was 24 so for you know for those 6 years she just she was suffering yeah she was just suffering so that is one of the uh, you know very interesting cases or where, you know that i have come across when it comes to emotional trauma and then how was your approach in helping her to recover and change that pattern yeah so doctor what i did was i asked her to de-stress on a daily basis so mm-hmm. what i generally do is i ask them to either read and if not that i ask them to either meditate if not then i follow other cognitive behavioral therapies like i ask them to follow affirmations or visualizations or you know anything that uh, that can make them feel better so uh, i ask them to take one hour out of their 24 hours for themselves mm-hmm. that time they can do anything they want to do and it also does not have to be you know in a one hour at a stretch they can divide 20 20 20 minutes and during this uh, these time they don't have to use their gadgets or uh, you know cell phones or television or anything they just have to be so they can do grounding they can go in a park and you know spend time in nature oxygenate or they can uh, you know as i told you meditate or listen to music or talk to their friends or family you know physically physically present not on phones so that is what i generally ask them to do on a daily basis that helps a little along with that the the lifestyle changes because the chronic vata aggravation which has happened the depletion which has happened to work on that we uh, you know i do certain dietary interventions i also incorporate sometimes if required i also incorporate diet that is rich in protein that is uh, you know rich in fiber i do that then i uh, do lifestyle changes as you know i ask them to come in alignment with their biological clock sleeping on time eating on time hydrating well all these changes is what uh, i do along with the you know herbs whatever is required so that is how i go about it and the, and it's so easy you don't have to reinvent the wheel just by making these small small shifts they can get right. recovered without any medications itself you know right exactly so just uh, help me understand i have read and you know i have also understood from some of the patients that painful menstruation can have some impact because of lack of embracing the feminine side of a woman mm-hmm. that this can is something be... i this is one thing i read in this book called you can heal your life by louis hay where she says okay. that if some if a woman is having painful menstruation there mm-hmm. could be somewhere unconsciously or subconsciously uh, knowingly or unknowingly there is a fear of being a woman or something like that yes so somewhere accepting that embracing that femininity is a way of you know also to reconnecting because menstrual process is what makes women or the feminine side okay. unique so right. this is That's one thing that mm-hmm. yeah so this is a very interesting point that you have you know uh, you know mentioned right now so there are certain studies also doctor which have been done on psychological impacts of dysmenorrhea on a particular woman i have also seen women who have had terrible experiences of period mm-hmm. pain you know are very anxious when the period is approaching mm-hmm. and that brings pain even when mm-hmm. the period has not come so that is also something that that happens and also when when a particular uh, woman is suffering from a lot of period pain altogether 
you know they cannot actually embrace their uh, feminine because that is the time when they're feeling that which you which you had mentioned in the initial minutes of mm-hmm. the session that yes that is the time when they feel maybe you know it would have been better that uh, uh, if if i were a male and also i would share a very close experience of my sister is also something who my younger sister also suffered from dysmenorrhea for a long period of time i was not a doctor when she started mm-hmm. uh, you know charming so she suffered from dysmenorrhea and every time and and by that time my mother had gone through his trip to me because she also what she was also dismissed having the history she also it, had yeah. yeah so she had gone through hysterectomy and my sister had a lot of period pain and stuff so she would always say that i want like your hysterectomy is done i want mine done mm-hmm. do that too so they would she would always say that you know take this out of my body and i don't want to be a female and she was also an athlete and you know she she didn't want to uh, have periods at all and she wanted to be you know she wanted her hysterectomy to be done so yes this actually you know hampers uh, a female's uh, emotional well-being and also hampers a female's whole femininity because that mm-hmm. is the time uh, where you know she's going through a lot of uh, emotional trauma also and she's bedridden and you know, she's just twisting and turning that's actually very painful to watch and feel that's so true i mean this is something that you see and there's another issue some women uh, resort to uh, contraceptive pill that's even worse which later leads to many other issues that we need right. another podcast uh, right. on that so looking right. at all of that this can be just changed with certain small things but you know they say the most precious things are so difficult to find because it's right under your nose right that's what right that's true that's true right so doctor what are your key points Uh, you know mm-hmm. to women what can be done to improve their menstrual health and then we will sum up yeah so first of all doctor i would make i would want to uh, you know make females aware of the fact that period pain is not normal and when this generation is aware of that particular fact the, na- the next generation is going to be aware because we females are going to lead uh, you know the next generation because we are going to re- you know reproduce and stuff so if this generation is not normalizing the period pain that means there will be more awareness around period pain and they would be able to work on it you know when it arrives in the first place because every secondary dysmenorrhea would be somewhere primary you know firstly mm-hmm. primary itself so when it's taken care of you know at that point of time it's going to be better for the uh, you know next generation to have a better uh, reproductive health so that is one thing i would want to be people to be more awareness of period pain i also would want them to be more awareness of uh, you know i would want them to be more aware of uh, the conventional things that are now given as uh, you know the the treatment of period pain because just that is not something that would give you a permanent cause because that is something mm. which you've been taking even when you had primary dysmenorrhea and you developed still developed secondary dysmenorrhea so painkiller is not the permanent solution working on your uh, you know working on your so so when we talk about genetics if a particular individual have had history of uh, you know if their parents have had history of uh, uh, dysmenorrhea there's also epigenetics where mm-hmm. you take care of your uh, you know your diet your routine your lifestyle and then you can get better so that is uh, again something that i would want them to know that taking painkillers is not the primary or not the permanent solution working on the other factors again where the you know role of epigenetics comes in 
that's also equally important rather i would say more important in working with dysmenorrhea and uh, uh, you know only if we treat period pain as you know as uh, uh, as importantly as we treat other ailments we would see lesser cases of the secondary dysmenorrhea or endometriosis or uh, you know females going through a lot of period pain and stuff like that so it's very important to point it out and work on it yeah kill the monster when it is young don't let yes, it right. expand exactly. and evolve and make it strong <laughs> right so doctor thank you so much for such a wealth of information how can people get in touch with you for your consultation what is the best way for that so uh, thank you so much for having me doctor first call and uh, people can either reach out to me either through dms on instagram or they can, there's the link in a bio there's a link of online consultation in the bio they can go to the website and fill in the form and uh, my team would reach out to them so that is how they can reach out to me fantastic doctor i will put these details in the show notes for all those who are listening and thank you so much doctor it was really an honor thank you doctor thank you so much for having me thank you for listening to ayurvedic healing and beyond if you loved and enjoyed this podcast please do subscribe share and review us this helps to spread our mission of guiding humanity to becoming their healthiest self and also giving the right resources for holistic healing If you wish to know more about my work please do visit www.vigneshdevraj.com and if you are interested in doing an ayurveda treatment or authentic panchakarma therapy please log on to www.sitaramretreat.com